Coming up on the Assassin's Podcast, we've got Jocelyn Latif, co-founder and CEO of Zipper, coming on the podcast, talking about his early experience at Slack, helping build out their ecosystem, and also his perspective on the industry as a whole as an EIR at Social Capital. He talks about raising capital when building on someone else's platform, and also really reflecting on some of the earlier insights he got in building Zipper to help unlock working across teams and shares a lot of really interesting insights about what founders should do when they're considering building into a new ecosystem. As I also got a couple of really cool stories on some of the boldest things that founders have done to get on his radar, as well as a couple of hacks that entrepreneurs and founders can take to get on larger platforms radars. So excited to have him on, share his story. He's an awesome dude. It's a great episode. All right, with that, let's get into it. Assassins, let's get it going. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind. Assassin state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin state of mind. Assassin state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin state of mind. They say money over everything. Everything Asian again. Shopping for a wedding ring. Salary startups. Crypto stock exchange. Appreciate What's going on, everybody? It's Justin Vandehey, the host of the Assassin's Podcast. Thank you for tuning in this week. I've got an incredible guest on. He is not only a founder, a serial entrepreneur, but previously he was the first BD hire at Slack and was instrumental in helping us build out our business at Disco. He's just an awesome dude all around. I've got Jossim Latif on, co-founder and CEO of Zipper. Jossim, welcome to the Assassin's Podcast. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. So I'd love maybe just to start with your intro, you know, like you've got such a broad experience from BD channel founder, you've been in venture for a while, like tell, tell everybody about your story. And if you're cool with it, even just, I would love to hear a little bit more about zipper and what you guys are working on now. Yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of found myself like failing into a bunch of different opportunities, but if I really like took it from the start after I graduated from Cal, got a long, long time ago. I took a, a stab at starting my, my first company with my, my cousin. And the whole concept was, well, this is pre-iPhone and uh, it was when you would have to pay for 411. And so we wanted to, to try to create like a free directory assistance business. It didn't really get too far, but towards the end of it, I ended up getting a recruiter to reach out from Google where I went and joined in like an operational role. And that's where I probably like cut my teeth very early on in my career spent about six years there and the last three was working on bd for android where i started to get to work with developers you know the foursquares facebook's twitters of the world on building applications for android i left and joined social capital where i got to be an entrepreneur in residence which was just like an incredibly eye-opening experience for me chamath memoon ted were really great about just exposing us to their investment philosophy and a bunch of different companies. I got to sit in on every company that pitched the fund. The partners would ask us for our actual opinion on what we thought. And I was like in my mid twenties at the time. Right. And it was pretty, 
pretty mind blowing to actually like have a say in, into what companies that social capital was going to invest in. But that like just broadened my landscape on like what was out there. I really wanted to take a stab at starting a company again, and I did so. We called it Tiller. It was a mobile dispatching service. So the concept was like, hey, can you take Uber's scheduling system and give that to a 30-person plumbing shop? Mm. I had no idea what I was doing, and that that one also failed pretty miserably. And then after that, yeah, I crawled back to like Chamath and Mamoon, and Ted was like, I, I can't do this. Like, here's some of your money back. But they were just incredibly gracious about it. Like I was very fearful walking into that conversation. Like, Hey, I, I couldn't do this thing. And they all were just like, this is why we're here. Like not all of these pan out. In fact, very, very few of them do. The majority of them do fail. So go have a good cry and then like come back and like, let's see how we can help you out. And they had like just opened up their Rolodex to a bunch of different companies, a bunch of different founders. They helped me get like my next job, which I joined this Bitcoin security platform at the time. It's called BitGo. I was there for about a year, year and a half. And while I was there, that was when I got exposed to Slack. And that was like my first time using Slack. And I would watch our like engineer, engineers like deploy production code all through Slack. And they had built all these like really interesting integrations on top of it. We were an eight person company at the time. And it just like, really inspired me in terms of like, hey, this this is like the next browser for work. Like this this thing could be an enterprise app store in of its own, right? And I looked back at my experience at Google where I felt like Android didn't really do much in the in the B2B space. I ended up writing a whole piece about that and that caught April Underwood and Stuart's attention. And you know, they reached out to me while I was there, just kind of asking what I was up to and if I would be interested in applying for a BD job there. Uh, that was like my foot into the door at Slack. Slack was probably the highlight of my career until now Zipper. You know, I spent six years there and built out the the BD organization. I just had a phenomenal, phenomenal time there and uh, only left to do Zipper with a bunch of ex-Slack folks. And what we're trying to do here is really focus kind of around cross-functional work. I had been a business development professional for probably over like a decade now, and it's a role where like you never own your resources <laughs> that you need to actually get these like deals done, right? Like outside of like negotiating the contracts, there's a bunch of other things that need to happen to make a partnership successful and they don't sit under the BD org, right? It's, it's product, it's engineering, it's all these marketing components, it's sales. And I just always found that there hasn't really been a really lightweight cross-functional project management tool that's out mm -hmm. there. Right. With the whole best of breed movement and frankly, a thesis that I very much so believe in is that like so there's only going to be more and more software for you to use to get your job done. It's a it was almost impossible to always align a cross-functional project team around a singular tool. And so with Zipper, we want to see if we can help those that are managing or involved in really complex cross-functional work stay on top of like what's going on and what they need to follow up on. Yeah. That's great, man. I, and I just, we were just talking about this before we jumped on. I'm noticing that now having been at culture ramp now for a while after, you know, joining forces is that especially for larger teams that are in hyper growth mode, how difficult it is to 
and now in a BD role, how it, how difficult it is to collaborate across functions to move things forward and know what people are working on at the same time. So it, I think you guys are onto something, and it's exciting to see where where it, where it could go. Yeah, it's it's hard to kind of get that important information, right? Like, what are the right decisions, lessons, deliverables that you need to be paying attention to without attending every single meeting, being on every single Zoom? It's impossible to know all of the Slack channels that are going to be relevant for your world, right? And then that doesn't take into account the tool sprawl. Engineers are going to continue to work in Jira. Designers are going to continue to work in fig documents, go across Notion, to Google Docs, to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So that noise and that tool sprawl makes it really, really hard to just be aligned with the people you need to be aligned with. Yeah, totally. Yeah, kind of shifting gears a little bit, I, I wanted to to take a step back to the Slack, your time at Slack too, because I think that's there's you got a really solid insight around cross-functional collaboration. And I know we obviously, we worked really closely in the early days around Disco, you know, formerly Growbot as one of the first apps on Slack's platform. And I think, and you have obviously experienced now across several different ecosystems. So for first time entrepreneurs, I was curious, like what are maybe one or two things that you would suggest for founders that are thinking about building into a new ecosystem or an emerging ecosystem that you think would be valuable for, for founders to consider? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's really, really hard being a developer, right? And and being on, on these platforms, there's an immense amount of trust that you're also putting into that platform, right? And for the most part, you have pretty limited visibility into like their philosophy or where they're taking things, right? And, and that's why at Slack, I think we tried to be really transparent with what our lines were, right? Here's the things that we really care about. Here's the, the lanes that, you know, Slack was going to further develop on. We tried to be really public with our roadmap, but uh, it wasn't like you you had the full playbook, right, of what to expect that was happening with Slack. I highly, highly encourage folks that first you should be building things because that's going to get the, the platform and the ecosystem's attention. That social proof goes a long way. And if you actually can come to the table with real traction and, and an interesting problem that you're trying to solve, that just gets like your foot into the door to build a relationship. But I think my biggest piece of advice would be to really forge that relationship. Um, there's people behind those platforms, get to the, get to those folks so that you can better understand where they want to take things, what that ambition is, right. And how they're going to work and how they're going to work with you, because that will heavily in, influence like how much you should be investing in which ones and at what time. Yeah. What as a follow up to that? What is the what is the craziest or most creative way that somebody tried to hustle to get in front of you as a prospective partner? I think it was like they they showed up to the office and <laughs> had like seen something I had tweeted, and I, and I like forget what the exact item was, but they actually like brought something. But it almost bordered into the the creepiness end call of the, the, of the, the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was bold, and so I, I like would respect that. But um, they also didn't have anything they had really made for the platform. It was like really early, so it was almost like I don't even know what to do with this. There wasn't like a, a request that they had for us. It was just they wanted to have a meeting. It's hard to like just take something so blindly that way. Uh, but the fact yeah. that they like knew which office I worked at and did all those things was, uh, I'll say it was impressive, but slightly scary. 
<laughs> Conversely, as a follow up to that, being in the hustle of BD, like what is what are some of the what's one of the most crazy or creative ways that you got on a prospective partner's radar? If you have a story that you can share. Oh, gosh. You know, I, I think for it, it wasn't like I wouldn't bucket it as as crazy, but I think what was like effective, you know, in the early endings of Slack, like we, we obviously had great traction and like a recognizable brand in tech. But when we were trying to create partnerships with like the Workdays and the ServiceNows and, you know, the sales forces of the world, that interest was not reciprocated as much. And we really had to do a lot of like the heavy lifting. Like we would build a bunch of prototypes. We would have these like really compelling demos. And then we would go get some of our biggest customers to give us like quotes about how they wanted to see this sort of partnership. We would record videos of those or audio. And then we would arm our executives to do that outreach to very senior people at the other side to try to get our foot in the door, right? Or just to at least get a conversation going. It was a lot of work. I wouldn't say it was it was crazy. It was I think it was pragmatic. But it was that was the most effective way that we really got there was like if we could arm a Stuart or an April or a Brad Armstrong with all the necessary kind of compelling proof points, that went a long way. And that social proof coming from customers was probably the the biggest, biggest thing. Nice. Yeah, we, um, we would do stuff like look at their customer pages and find like, all right, here's the, you know, SAP will have a page that says like, here's our thousand customers across all of our products. We would write engineering scripts to scrape those pages and then see what kind of overlap we had, right? And do things yeah. like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Like now, I mean, there's been a lot of tooling. I know cross, I mean, you're probably living in this world a little bit too with tools like Crossbeam and Reveal mm -hmm. and like others where there's better like deal sharing and more collaboration now. But yeah, I feel like there were in the early days, I remember one thing that we used to do too <laughs> is to identify shared Slack accounts was I think there was each Slack customer had a unique subdomain. Mm -hmm. So like, you could map and say like, hey, you know, airbnb.slack.com. And you could say like, oh, shit, this is a registered Slack ID. So we knew at least there was an instance of yeah. all these accounts, which would inform yeah. our targeting. So eventually that went away. But you're always kind of trying to find these like early hacky ways to. There are for like the exactly for especially for those early platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. The la I had one follow up question on the experience for social capital being on the other side of the table. I was curious for founders that are building into an ecosystem and looking to raise seed capital, what do you think are maybe one or two things that you would share with first-time SaaS entrepreneurs to help them improve their odds of closing a round? And I know you had preview into this via the Slack fund and sort of seeing that from a strategic capital side, but I, I was curious to see if you had any recommendations for, for first-time founders building into an ecosystem that are fundraising. Yeah, I would stress that there's no no formula. And as much as people will tell you, like, here's here's like the structure that, that's going to get that done for you. Um, the biggest piece for me and where I would really try to emphasize is like the storytelling. Yeah. That's going to be your most powerful tool that you have. And I, I know there's a big move into writing memos about them. I'm actually still mm -hmm. a real big fan of having traditional slides and presentation where you can actually tell a really powerful story. Um, 
but focusing on that and painting a picture of like why your idea is so big or so compelling in that way. The second would be think very like strategically about who, who can really add a lot of value for you in this early stage. You know, we're, we're a seed stage company and I would say like our most impactful investors have been, have been angels and the small funds. If there is a community that you're really building towards, Slack Fund's a great example of that, right? I think they were very, very focused and specific on the type of investments, which was like, you should be building to our ecosystem. They're very keen to see what's out there. They're going to be taking a lot of meetings, get to their conferences, figure out who that person is. Like they will, they will take a 30 minute combo with people. And that's a great place to start because then they're also plugged into all the other institutional investors. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know if I told you this story, but when we were out raising our first round, Mamoon basically wrote our whole deck. Like he, we oh, went I didn't know him. that. Yeah. Yeah. So we went into pitch social capital and he was like, you guys are pitching this all wrong. And so it was like, if I were you, this is what I would do. And he like basically just went slide by slide and was like, strike this, do this, boom, 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 boom. And by the time we got back, He's Jeremy great. came back from the meeting and he was like, I was like, holy shit, that's, that's pretty good. So <laughs> oftentimes I found like a lot of the feedback that we got from our first, those like early pitches and iterations, Jason Green at Emergence Capital, same kind of thing. Like there were a couple of folks that were really giving with their time to help us sort of craft a narrative, even though they weren't, you know, even though they didn't go in on the first round. So anyway, so, all right, man, well, just to, to wrap it up, this is the most important question I have is I wanted to know how your kicks collection is coming along. Uh, I know that I know that you've got a strong shoe game yeah. and for most of our listeners, there's a ton of folks that have swagger. So I was curious if you had to pick one shoe that any assassin Oof. shouldn't live without, like what is that? What is that shoe? One like sneaker for me and I'm like on the hunt to find it. It's the uh, Air Jordan one Lowe's. Okay. I'm a huge fan of, of the Lowe's. God, there's another one I want to say too, but I actually haven't been able to get my hands on them, and that's the Dunk Lows. Ooh, I gotta get. I'm gonna. I gotta look up the Jordan Lows. I live in. They're great. Oregon now, you can wear so. them anywhere. Oh yeah, you maybe you can you can actually hook me up somehow. I just gotta hang get out to the next Nike to the campus, Nike yeah. HQ, and just see if I can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> grab them off the back of a truck. Yeah, I can. I can never <laughs> win their raffles now. Like their whole how they've changed getting shoes. It's like incredibly hard. All right, man. Lastly, what what's the best way to get at you if people want to get in touch or if they're interested in learning more about Zipper? Yeah, for Zipper, uh, it's www.zipper.works. We're actually just installed with our wait list right now, and we're going to be onboarding some more beta customers over the next few few months. And then me personally, probably on Twitter, just, and it's Jay Latif. Awesome, man. Jasim, so good to have you on. Appreciate you spending some time sharing some Thank knowledge. You. And excited to see where where you go with Zipper and we'll 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 follow up here soon. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, bro. All right, that's a wrap. Big shout out to Jasim Latif. Thanks for coming on, sharing his story about what he's building at Zipper and reflecting on some of the early days from building out the ecosystem at Slack. We got an awesome podcast coming up next week we've got cody candy the ceo of bounce coming on talking about resilience and just grinding through the last couple of years to build something phenomenal with bounce coming off of a fresh raise 
from Andreessen and the network that he's building. Excited to share that story. And also got a couple content pieces coming out on assassins.com if you want to check those out. Occasionally these fingers work and we start writing. But with that, hope everybody has a good week. And just remember to get that money. Assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind, see them dollar signs, assassin's state of mind, assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind, see them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind, see them dollar signs, assassin's state of mind, assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind, see them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin's state of mind, they say money over everything, everything, nation again. For a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. Pocket change. One phone call and your life can change. What's your love language? Can't do business if it ain't reciprocated.